Hi guys, my name's Gigi Edgley from Farscape and also from Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Have an amazing day. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An Elegant Weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. Farscape. I am sitting with the host of Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. I'm sitting with the birthday girl herself, Gigi Edgley. How are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, happy birthday. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here and sharing it with amazing Allentown. It's been such a cool weekend. I've had lots of fun. That's good. This is my first time here, too. I'm actually from Toronto. Are you? Yeah, so we're actually both in a foreign land. Ooh, are you enjoying it? I'm having a great time, yeah. I'm here with my friend Stan, and uh, we just been on fr- uh, friends on like Twitter yeah. and stuff for years, and we podcast together over Skype, and uh, it's neat because you meet a lot of these people, and now I've, we're starting to fly around and meet each other and yeah, yeah. hang out, so it's really, really cool. You know? Awesome. Which must be awesome for you, too, getting to go around and meet all your adoring fans. Yeah, it's been really amazing because the last few um, years, I've actually, you know, I've, I've done a lot of amazing, huge productions in my past, but the last few years... I've actually committed a lot of time going to signings and putting new projects out there for the fans because ever since Farscape days, they've supported me and looked after me and and helped me out along the journey. So I constantly try and create new productions and new new, uh, treats for them to, to have. So everything from comic books to recording music and most recently... Uh, we're working on this really awesome project called Hashtag, mm-hmm. and it's a Kickstarter. It's the first Kickstarter I've ever done, and I'm loving every moment of it because it's actually opened my eyes up to the world that people actually really want to commit more than just, I don't know, it's been, uh, I've been going to the signings and people have been coming up to the table and I've been telling them about Hashtag, and it's so exciting because this is actually an opportunity where we can all join forces and bring an amazing film to the big screens together. And ultimately, we want to take it to Sundance, we want to take it to Cannes, we want to take it to Toronto. Yeah, you can have us over for a cup for of tea. Sure. Come on up, yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait. You know, it's a really cool script. Like, I literally have turned down a lot of projects that I haven't been excited by, so I'm praying that all this will manifest yeah. before well, us. Well, it's been fun to see because... Uh, 
you know, I, in the community that I'm in, this you know whole community, the pop culture, whatever, geek-centric genres, I had a lot of Kickstarter involvement with my friends, trying to make comic books or movies or whatever. So, and how's I'm it gone for you? Most of them are successful. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's really exciting. But I see their enthusiasm and, and stuff, and it's cool for you, who's done some quite established things. You have a career. You're doing very well. And to see your enthusiasm and your excitement for this project, it's like, it's cute. It's awesome to see that. It's so, well, because literally, like, uh, so often, you know, I've worked with the big companies, which have been great, but you literally sign your soul to them, you know? And this is actually a chance for us all to have artistic integrity and know the story that we want to tell and it's not going to be marred or tarnished by what yeah 100% and I think it's it's a really really strong story it's very relevant it's about an online celebrity who's completely completely mesmerized by um, social media and Facebook and Twitter and it's pretty much us in 50 years time and then slowly all this world and this reality that she's you know she believes in so much starts to crumble away and it's got this really cool bizarre sci-fi dark undertone which i love i love a bit of dark well i watched the uh watched the video on the kickstarter there and yeah it's uh especially at the end there yeah little tidbit that you're like oh wait a second it's it's kind of like a little creepy unnerving moment you know so yeah, yeah it looks really interesting and i think it's great because you know we're all so obsessed with modern technology so it's a really powerful story to tell as well and I can't wait. I'm just so excited to to get on set and start playing with this character and introducing some of the rewards we have through Kickstarter are amazing as well. You can come onto set. You can actually be part of the film. We can go out to dinner together. I'm like reading some of the rewards and I'm like, okay, (laughs) right, it's on. All right. Uh, I guess I'm committed to a few things. eh? (laughs) Looks like this year's going to be busy. Kickstarter too is the rewards and uh, like like. People getting drawn into comic books because they pledge, you know, and, and you, you, you're so much more involved with the thing that you love, you know. Yeah. It's, it's it, you kind of got to do the same thing on Creature Shop. You're helping all these people who want to, you know, succeed in this industry. And well, that's it too, because the whole reason we moved to LA was because uh, we thought I, I was in my body, mind, and soul that Creature Shop uh, Series Two was definitely a go-ahead. So uh, for the first series, I was living in Australia and I just flew over and I was sort of sussing it out to see whether it was worth coming back to L.A. And then I went home and I convinced my husband and my 18-year-old cat and my 4-year-old dog, MacGyver, to pack up our whole life and move to L.A. And then we finally got to L.A. moving the whole tribe. And then Sci-Fi said that they're not picking up Series 2. So it's been quite devastating. And hopefully they're shopping it around other networks, so you never know. But... Hashtag is really me trying to make light of a crazy situation and to be in control of the stories I tell again and not have to be turn up to set every day hoping that you know tomorrow is going to be another day of employment. Right. So it's a it's a it's an exciting it's an exciting project for me. Well, you're taking it back. It's not so much work when it's your passion, yeah, right? Like 100%. when you're passionate about something, you don't feel like you're employed like oh I gotta get up I gotta go work today I gotta do this you know babe, babe, anytime I'm working I'm like yippee yeah. <laughs> I'm usually there on set they're like can you go home we're not starting for another three hours <laughs> oh.
<laughs> well, how did it start for you back in Australia? You just, you've always been into acting? And... Yeah, so I, I, I never stopped dressing up and playing make-believe. I never really fit in anywhere, so I think that actually helped me out. I was living in a magical world in my own little imagination for some time now, and I don't think I've ever emerged from the other from, from that little bubble. You never stop playtime. No, no, never stop playtime. We have a, we have a show. Well, it used to be on a, a children's show in Canada called Mr. Dress Up. Really? Yeah. And uh, what he had, uh, it was like a Mr. Rogers type show. In fact, he was he started out with Mr. Rogers. Are you familiar with? Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, but he went back to Canada, started the show, and he had what was called a tickle trunk. And he had this big red trunk. And so whenever they had to do something, he would go into the trunk and blow the costume. Of course, whatever costume he always needed was in there. So when of course. I, yeah. So when I was a kid, I, I needed to have a tickle trunk. So I started collecting costumes and this and that, and I called it my tickle trunk. And there was hardly a time in my youth when I wasn't... Did you uh, say to girls, do you want to come home and see my tickle trunk? Nah, I'll save that for later on. <laughs> oh, I was so foolish. Uh, my mom used to make me costumes, and uh, she'd get the tights. For, it was like a Batman or Robin, and then she'd buy tights. But when I was like grade one, I didn't know the difference between tights and pantyhose. So one day she comes into her bedroom and I've got a cape jumping up and down on her bed with a pair of pantyhose. And she's like, okay, honey, (laughs) we need to have a talk. (laughs) So, uh, you know, everything. When the Kickstarter is successful and when it is funded. Thank you. Um, You're going to shoot in LA then? Yes. So it's literally almost a one woman show. It's totally, it's got a very intense Matrix vibe to it. So we need to build all the sets from scratch. She uh, lives like in a confined space and everything around her is uh, completely created from holograms and visual effects and so there's going to be a lot of amazing visual effects. We've got an amazing visual effects team we're working on. The costume designer actually worked on my last film that I wrote and directed which is called Nobody Knows that people can check out um, on YouTube as well. And uh, so we're hoping to shoot. Uh, we wanted to shoot it in December if we could get it all done in time. But as a backup plan, it's going to be January, but it's definitely going to be L.A. Okay. And, uh, and I have to stay in L.A. now because, because we moved out our animals. We can't go back to Australia unless we put them through quarantine. So yeah. we're like, we, we just can't do that to them. Yeah. So you got me now, kids. You got me. <laughs> You're stuck here. <laughs> I'm um, stuck here making amazing productions for you. Yeah, well, I'm here to entertain you, <laughs> yes, people. Yes, please. Very, that's very, very exciting. I noticed the writer actually uh, has worked on some uh, some fun cartoons that I've been big fans yeah. of. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, he did the Avengers, some Avengers, the cartoon and stuff. Uh, and that's some creative writing. Like, yeah. those are good cartoons. Yeah, so I'm yeah. sure this guy just doing... We've got a very strong team. The funny thing about the Kickstarter thing was we weren't allowed to use any material that was copyrighted, so I couldn't <clears throat> include any of my Farscape, any of my Rescue Special Ops, any of the cool stunts I've done. And then they've done a lot of amazing work. Like, the visual... One of the guys working on the visual effects team did the um, did the music video for the Black Eyed Peas, but of course because they own it, we couldn't put that on there anyway. Yeah. So we're like, oh, what footage have we got that's wholeheartedly ours, kind of thing. So um, it was very interesting putting it all together. But I just can't wait to work with this team of people. Literally, they're, they're, the Runic Films, at this amazing production company that I met through the convention circuit, and now for me. This is my life. I'm fully immersed in it. A lot of other people that, a lot of other actors and stuff that I, I know sort of steer clear of conventions, and I am all for it. I absolutely adore 
meeting people, having a proper interaction. There's so many creative minds. It's not about hardcore sci-fi anymore, which is great. It's also about uh, pop culture, mm-hmm. comic books, um, in- intriguing characters. Like that, there's been so many um, business deals that I've made with people throughout oh, the convention as well because yeah. it's just like a melting Networking pot. Yeah, it's of, awesome. Know, <laughs> it's awesome. So anyone that hasn't come to a convention. Absolutely do it. And the, one of the best things, as you know, are people dressing up and just pre- uh, focusing on something positive. And I think that's really important in this day and age because we're also swept up with the negativity in the universe. Let's just let that all go for a weekend and come and play at a signing. And you walk down and you see Princess Leia and a Klingon and a Stormtrooper and, and they're having a mock, you know, a mock battle and you're like what is going on here but everyone's just having an absolute ball so it's very refreshing you are you have been fantastic too you've hardly been sitting at your table the fans have been around you've been up and, <laughs> and just having a great time it's been fun to see so go to kickstarter kids yes uh, hashtag it's as simple as that, that watch the video drop a pledge you get to see Gigi doing her thing thank you so much for thank talking to me thank you for being me. so beautiful and if anyone wants to keep an eye on my adventures they can follow me through ggedgley.com my name.com and I've got a link to my uh, Facebook and Twitter there and there's also the link to the Kickstarter there and we just so appreciate your help because now's the time to join forces and make magical productions together you hear that Canada make this Australian's dream come true Gigi you are awesome happy birthday thank you thank you thank you beautiful hey this is Kim Possible and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon Good morning, Mark McKenna. Good morning. How are you enjoying the great Allentown Comic Con? Uh, yesterday was good. Today mm-hmm. is questionable. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's early. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's it's been a nice show. Good turnout. Yeah. It's been fun. People. It's been great people. Definitely. Here, definitely. Sure. I'm yeah. getting to meet some people. I, I met uh, Zordon this morning. <laughs> uh, he introduced himself as Zordon. I was at the hotel with him. Said, "Are you a guest?" He goes, oh, "Yeah." I said, "What's your name?" He goes, "I'm Zordon." <laughs> I was like, is that your real name? He goes, no, I'm David. Uh, I <laughs> but, think everyone has just been calling him Zordon, even last yeah. night at the after party. And... I said to him, you have a really kind face. You really need to evil it up if you're going to sell <laughs> sell your stuff, you know. You know, they're making, the Power Rangers are crazy at cons now. I was a little yeah. too old for Power Rangers. Yeah, My yeah. little brother was into them. Right, right. But, man, you put a Power Ranger at a con, you're set. Yeah, and I uh, Tana, I uh, had um, Cat Sutherland. Is her name Sutherland? Yeah. I think so. The uh, yeah. Pink Ranger um, assigned a, a, a print that I did, a Power Ranger print. Oh, nice. And I gave her another one. And then I think David is coming by later. Zordon's coming by later. I'm going to give him one also. And then he'll sign the same. I'm gonna, now I'm going to try to collect them all, you know? Nice. Get all yeah. the Power Rangers, all the bad guys on one print, which would be fun. That'd be totally fun, for yeah. sure. Um, between Drunk on Comics and this show, when we got to speak at Motor City... I don't think there's much left to ask you, man. <laughs> really, I think we've covered covered the gambit pretty yeah. much. But for anybody who doesn't know, I'll mention Mark McKenna. Uh, Mar- uh, have you done much Marvel work? I know DC and uh, and Star Wars, of course. But uh, have you been in the Marvel camp at all? Uh, as far as uh, background history stuff, what? have you done anything for Marvel? Oh yeah, no, my my I started Marvel in 1980. Uh, okay, I'm backwards because you went through like the schooling thing. Yes. with them, right? I was at, I was a Remedis Raider back in '85, '86, '87 is when I jumped ship and went to DC, and um, 
worked on Dr. Fate. My first contract at Artwork was on Dr. Fate. I stayed on contract at DC from 87 to 91, and then I went back to Marvel and Dr. Strange. It was because I was doing Doom Patrol with Grant Morrison at, uh, at DC that the oh, Ralph Macchio's, uh, like the, um, like the Doom Patrol stuff, so he tried to bring some of that energy over to Dr. Strange, so... It wasn't me though. It's really it was Roy Thomas's writing Doc Strange, and it was Grant Morrison writing Doom Patrol. Yeah. So you don't bring the inker in and, and try to bring that energy over. But it, it, you know, I, I get what they were trying to do at least. You know, right? Yeah, they were making an attempt. Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I stayed back at Marvel for you know the next ten or fifteen years after that. Everybody wants to know what's it like, Grant Morrison? When you're talking to him, you can, I could listen to him for hours. You know, on podcasts and stuff. He's such a storyteller. Yeah. No, I've never met him personally. Oh, you haven't met no, him? No, okay. no. My uh, my relationship with him is purely uh, due to comic book stuff. I know okay. he thanked. I know he thanked everybody who ever had anything to do with uh, Doom Patrol in the last issue that okay. when he left. So that's about my connection with Grant Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a trip though, man. I've heard a lot of talks with that guy. The things that come out of his head are just well. That's wow. that's Doom Patrol. Yeah. I have to be honest with you. When I was, they they'd send me all the back issues of Doom Patrol when I started the book to try to catch up. And honestly, I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have enough ludes or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's got to be cool to come up through that system like that, though, man. And, yeah. And the, you know, so like, who teaches those courses? Like, like, how does that work? Are you in a classroom or like? When I was on staff at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, it was John Romita Sr. was the uh, art director. Right. And he had uh, three or four different uh, staff artists that were working underneath him, doing art corrections. On step production, basically. Okay. Things weren't. Somebody was drawn with two left feet, or they were missing a wing, or the expression wasn't right. We would put um, patches on top of the original artwork, so we wouldn't touch the original artwork. We would put uh, white patches, and then do the artwork on the patches. So at the end of it, when we were done using the artwork, they could peel off the patch and have their artwork intact. A lot of that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So Marvel, the bullpen, you know, which I was part of back in 80, 80, 85 and 86, there was, you know, a staff colorist, a staff letterer. There was the, all the production on all the covers were, were done, and all the editors were in the, in the circ, you know, circle of bullpen were at the doors outside the bullpen. So that year and a half that I was on staff uh, was it was super invaluable time for me. I got to meet everybody up there. You know, occasionally you get a Tom Palmer or a Joe Sinnott or a... Stanley would come up to the office. Oh it was pretty awesome. It was an awesome time. I'm glad I did it. Although, at one point, I almost didn't do it because uh, I couldn't afford it financially. They were going to. Oh, yeah? It's four fifty an hour back then, the, the minimum wage. And I was uh, living in uh, Long Island. I would have a commute in every day. And I, I figured that my, all my income making at that, on that job would have went right to commutation fees. And I. But after the third time, John Romita said to me, um, I'll try to get you assisting work. And that's what happened. I ended up assisting uh, Bob Wyacek, Vinnie Coletta, Al Milgram, Brett Breeding, a lot of guys who really didn't help me get a a step in in the right direction. But, uh, you know, got my hands dirty, you know, wood ink, you know. Yeah, Yeah. learning in the trenches kind of thing, right? It was. It was a lot of that, yeah. And then you get to the point, though, uh, Banana Tail, where you're you're doing your own thing. Yeah. uh, yeah, that's the Halloween yeah, special. Yeah, the Halloween special. Out, I saw uh, you were pushing that. A couple weeks that. ago, yeah. yeah. Um, very happy with this. Uh, it just, it just lavishly. Oh, it looks great. Beautiful man. book. It does look great. Um, wow, pop, yeah, eh? Yeah, and the thing is, anybody who's reviewed this has, um, 
it's adults, and they're seeing digital copies. I mean, the hard copy of this is just gorgeous looking. Oh, it is. It's and honestly, I wish it was a kids uh, reviewer um, site because kids, I, everybody I've ever heard uh, look at the book say, when's the next one coming out, you know? Right, right. Um, wow. My next plan is to do a Tic Tac uh, focus because I did a, a Banana Tail focus. I did a Rena focus, which is the girl Rhino. Okay. The next focus I'm going to do is a Tic Tac focus story, and then I'm going to collect everything I've ever done Banana Tail. Until I have a 175-page hardcover, nice. which is my plan, and I'll call it the complete banana tail so far, or something like that, you know. So still near and dear to me. What inspired this? Like my dad. My dad oh, yeah. came up with the idea in uh, in uh, the mid '90s, but he came up with the idea with a monkey had a banana for a tail, and honestly, um, I tried it. It did, didn't work for okay. me, so I made a banana-colored tail. I made him. Uh, the theory behind him is he ate so many bananas he thinks he's turning into one. And he wakes up one day with a yellow tail, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I did that, and uh, I just I, my daughter was four, you know, and I always I, I did it to cater to my kids, you know. Yeah. I thought this is something I would like to do, and I, you know, right. I, I'd like to have something for kids that they would appreciate. Yeah. So I'm still pushing the boulder up the mountain, but you know. It's a no, process. A little bit there, man. It's gorgeous. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna get one off you and take it home. My son turns four on oh, Tuesday. Right on. Yeah. So that's that's pretty exciting. And he's he's getting to that point where uh, where he's he's starting to learn to read and like pay attention. The two, to next words. two years, and yeah. He's just all over the comics and I'm yeah. like, it's yeah. so, it's so fun. But he's just the Star Wars still won't click with him. Not yet. He's a little you bit. Try to young. put it on. Yeah, another year or so. You know the cartoons and the toy. He just I don't know. It's Not all there. about. It's all about the Avengers for the kids right now. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. You'll get it. You'll get it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You mold them in the way you want. You know. It's funny <laughs> how you can go so far in style, man. Like it blows my mind. I can go from like that kind of death, Deadpool to to cartoony just beautiful stuff. cartoony, just pop off the damn page. And I like the cartoony stuff. I I yeah. was a big fan of the Batman animated stuff. You know. Um, you know, I did the. Uh, the tangled uh, oh. kind of like Joe, Joe you know like muscle chip, yeah you know? yeah yeah that but, um, great too you know this style here which is the Batman animated series stuff yeah um, yeah I was at a show back in Dallas back in May I think April or May and uh, they brought Kevin Conroy the voice actor of Batman in so they brought me in as a Batman artist because I had worked on, on Detective for a, a year half a year but I didn't have a Batman print. I had a, a, a like a regular print, but I didn't have an animated print. So I had a cat. I had a Batgirl print. So what I did was I print. I took her out of it. I put him in it. And I had to recolor it just in time for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I brought him some. I said, "How many would you like?" He goes, "Just give me two. I said, "Will you sign some for me?" And I put six in front of him. He signed six of them. Then I find out later he was getting thirty dollars an autograph. Oh. So I was like, I feel like I dodged a bullet, you know. Oh, you totally <laughs> did. That's it, though. You, I know you. Push, pushing a boulder up the hill, blah, 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 blah. But, dude, you drew Batman. I get the work of Batman. Yeah. And nothing is beyond yeah, that. Yeah. I don't and care what you say. In Detective, in 1938 Detective. I mean, yeah, the issues yeah. I did were like 775, which if you wow. count that many months back, that's like 1938, you know? It's that's the original. Insane. It was. It was very surreal. Yeah. My, my biggest quip of the whole thing is it went too fast. I got six or seven issues, and then Jim Lee came on to Batman, and they changed all the teams. So, so. It sucks when those things happen. I was talking to uh, Stegman at uh, Fan Expo, and uh, he was so disappointed that he barely got to touch Wolverine. Yeah. Because I was like, what's it like? Like, to, you know, 
get the claws and stuff, and he, yeah. he loved it. He's, he's like, Not I, enough, I couldn't get enough. It was yeah. so different from Spider-Man. Sure. Because he's been spending so much time with, you know, the angles and the body movement that Spider-Man yeah. does yeah. to this, like... And yeah, he was yeah, so yeah. thrilled. So he was a little disappointed yeah. because of the change-ups. Yeah, know. it happens all the time. I mean, you don't see... I mean, the continuity on comics is... I mean, you, you try to get, you know, the art team... Because if you're used to seeing a certain art team and, and a, a written story every month, you like this. it feels like an old friend. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't have that, it, 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 it's it's messing with your psyche a little bit. And I, mm-hmm. I get that, you know. Um, that's why I've done over 500 comics and never more than 14 issues on any one book, just because I bounce around all over the place. Yeah. That's nuts. You're like the ultimate utility guy. <laughs> I can draw anything. Well, it's just, it's not where you want to be. I'd like to be known for one book. I have right. to say that the, the, the books that I'm probably known for are Exiles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did a Punisher um, in the early 90s, but I worked on all three Punisher titles. I worked on War oh, yeah. Journal, Warzone, and a Punisher. Cool. So I probably had a year and a half on them combined. But never, not not just the one right, title. Right. You Do know? you forget about shit that you've done? Like, will anyone ever have yes. a book for you to sign? And you're like, oh yeah, I did yeah, that. Yeah, I have to look in the credit page and see my name. I'm like, hey, it happens. <laughs> it's usually the stuff that's from the early, you know, the mid the mid '80s. You know, is it hard to look at? Like, oh uh, yeah, you look at your oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm not. You could still, but the beauty of that is we're getting paid for learning almost to, like, to get better, you know? Yeah, for sure. So it was tricky. Yeah. Well, a good example of what you were just saying, though, is when Snyder and Capullo are done, how do you follow that act? Like, like that's going to be... You set up for failure, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, people are just... You see it on Twitter when they, like, the, when just the tiniest rumor that one of the Snyder might be leaving and just people... Out. Yeah, like, no. you know, and, it, yeah. and that goes into exactly what you're talking about. You yeah. buy it because, you know, of what it is and Did what it has Did you read that stuff? Did you read I have the Court of Owls. I have it sitting on my bedstand wow. still. I'm wow. trying to get to it, yeah. They they just, I don't know, they, they got to this. It's so crazy to be able to take these stories, like you say, from 1938. And uh, that's why I personally thought New 52 was brilliant. Yeah. I was really happy when that happened. I thought, if you're going to do it, Marvel got me confused because they'll start over here and start over there. DC was like, wipe the wipe slate, it out. do it up. Yeah. And I loved everything that came yeah. out of that. Yeah. And the stories are so much deeper. And yeah. Snyder's writing is... Yeah. And you know what? Know? I spoke to one of my editors up there. He said they're enjoying sales like they'd never had. You know, They actually went, they eclipsed Marvel's... You know, uh, amount of you know intake. You know, yeah. uh, with, they blew. They, they very chancy stuff, but good for yeah. them for trying it. You know. Well, I think it was two weeks ago. Walking Dead finally took the top spot. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It was. Uh, I don't know how decades, maybe. It's awesome. But uh, maybe Spawn did it back in the day. Maybe. At one point, I'm sure. But yeah. it, it happened. Yeah. DC and Marvel sitting at two and three. Yeah. With, with the image right there on top. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a different time, you know. Yeah. And I think it's going to keep growing. With you know, Kickstarter and people doing all their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Kickstarter's been good to me for a while now. I've done five, four or five of them. Oh, yeah. I've succeeded every one. Yeah. I always, I, I don't ask for a lot of money because I'm always afraid of the goal. Because if you don't reach your goal in Kickstarter, you don't get the money. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah. always scary for me. Yeah. But I always seem to make my goal by a thousand or so, you know, so I shouldn't probably be as scared, but... <laughs> So uh, you think you might get to st- touch the Star Wars again now with the, no. uh, the Mar- you don't think that'll ever happen? <laughs> no, I think once the Dark, there? yeah, Dark yeah. Horse was great to me and I had my opportunity to do, you know, the two miniseries that they collected and then a little bit with the uh, Purge start, but, um, right. you know, the uh, Vader stuff. Purge is great. Yeah, yeah. No, it was nice. Um, 
But I, I have a feeling now that Marvel's got their own guys. They don't want anything to do with the Dark Horse guys. That's what I, I was it's a wondering little sad. if they would go that way. You yeah. know? Like, so just years of work. I mean, Ostrander wrote so much Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, you, know? you like don't even know if they'll get the books out his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, that's cool. Uh, I won't take up too much to more of your time then, sir. Always good to see you. And uh, I guess we'll see you in May, unless you got any more cons. What's coming up? Detroit Motor City, May? Detroit Motor City. Is that what yeah. you're talking about, May? Oh, well, Motor City con. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to Costa Rica next month. What? For a con? Yeah. Wow. This guy's uh, flying me um, flying me and the wife out for uh, five days. We get two, two beach days, and then we do a three-day show. That's All weird. I have to do is pay him. All I have to do is do two one-hour lectures. Uh, I don't know what to expect, but... Um, they pay me. They gave me an advance to show up, and uh, it's it, it, it'll be interesting at least. And I'm in a vacation spot, so dude, that's so set up. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time of year to be getting to get out of here. Yeah, it's goddamn cold today. The, the, yeah, it is cold. Uh, I'll be I'll be down there the, the week before Christmas, and then um, I get back the 22nd, and then I'm done until uh, whatever happens next February, March. Right, right. You know, the con season is just not the summer anymore. I keep it's bugging you. March, Toronto Comic Con. I gotta get Come back up, there. See your old buddy Dave. I gotta get, get up, I gotta get back up there. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, Mark, always good to talk with you. Thanks, Jay. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. I'm standing here with Lou of Geek Boy Press. How's it going, man? Fantastic. What is your deal? Uh, so I make nerdy T-shirts and artwork based on my love of pop culture. That's Simple pretty much it. Yeah. I just bought a beautiful attire, uh, kind of made for things. A nice cross hilt on there, and it says an elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Oh, yeah, I gotta show some Star Wars appropriate. love. Um, I've seen these type things, you know, people making their t shirts and stuff, but you hit a very nice vibe, man, because uh, it's not often I'm gonna see like uh, Royal Tenenbaums <laughs> yeah. merchandise on a table. And uh, you've got some distinct things. So, uh, well, I found what works best for me is I do what I like. A lot right. of people kind of placate what's popular, like do the what's exactly. popular yeah. because yeah. I don't have any frozen stuff. If you notice, I'm yeah. sure that would sell like hotcakes. <laughs> but you know, I do what I like. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, you. And like that seems cool to serve stuff. me well. So. Yeah. I love the Wes Anderson stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. That's fantastic, <laughs> man. So how can people find you and uh, check out your stuff? Uh, check out geekboypress.com. There's links to my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all the other social media nonsense in the world. You know? Right, right. Uh, if you like T-shirts that uh, have a little bit different insight than most of the thousands of millions that you're <laughs> used to seeing, please check out Geek Boy Press. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Beauty. Very groovy kids, I'm here with Christy Carlson Romano. She is the voice of Kim Possible. Uh, how are you doing? I'm, I'm very good. Yeah? Yes. You're having a good con? Yes, I'm having a great con so far. I mean, this is a smaller one, but it's a lot of fun because you get to talk to the uh, fans a little bit more one-on-one. -on -one yeah, there's a little time. bit more time. Yeah. It's a little, little open. I spend yeah, a lot absolutely. of time uh, in Toronto. It's Fan Expo every year. Oh, yeah? Really I love Canada. Yeah, yeah. Love it. I will. Expo. When it's, is it? Uh, it's uh, usually August. Uh, August? Labor Day weekend. Great. So, yeah, Done. Should... Doing it. All right. Sweet. I'll <laughs> see you there. Okay. <laughs> uh, very cool. Um, I will fully admit, I, I'm not super familiar with Kim Possible. Oh, that's too bad. And, uh, well, I was a little too old for, yeah, well, uh, for sure. Steven Stevens and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. right, too. Yeah. But uh, around here, big fan of voiceover work. Okay. Okay. Um, I also did um, 
several other things um, that might be of note. Um, I was on Family Guy a couple times. I was about to bring that up. Oh, okay. That's so you've done your. You've done, done your. Bit. Bit. Okay. Done I'll bit. let you do it. So. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, there you go. You kind of asked my question for me. Um, how was that experience? Was, oh, was that a blast? It or? was. You know, uh, the show has uh, very talented writers. Uh, it's a very funny show. Uh, I got to sit in one of their um, read-throughs with the Fox Network. And, you know, it's it's interesting how different the script is from when you're doing a read-through to what actually gets made. Yeah. I mean, it, we see it and we think it's such a raunchy show and it's like 20 times, 30 times more raunchy when it's, you know, <laughs> before it hits the screen. So, yeah, it's a pretty raunchy show. <laughs> oh, that, that must be fun, though. I have to ask you, leading off that, uh, you met other people on the show, or is it recorded individually? Are or? you talking about Family Guy or yeah, Kim Family Possible? Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've met I've met everyone. I uh, was you know friendly with Seth MacFarlane and his writer's staff. You've met Ralph all nice Berman, guys. Then? No, I haven't met. Oh, Maybe I have. Dang. He's the guy who does like a million voices, but you never. Yeah, know. Yeah, you, you know, know? I, I. It's funny. I'm. People tell me, oh, like, do you know this person? Do you know that person? I'm like, I probably have met them, <laughs> and I just have the worst memory. But I would imagine if I had done. On that round right. table yeah. read through they were all there yeah. they were yeah. all there he's not on every episode too yeah. so he might have skipped the, the few were on there um, so how did it happen for you because uh, you started with Disney even Stevens what what brings voice over was that you know I yours, was uh, I started in musical theater so I always had like a singing background so voice and the manipulation of your voice I think comes hand in hand with using your voice in a different in many different ways. I was always kind of playing around with accents and, you know, um, and I had a lot of fun, you know, with all of it. So I think when you're passionate about something, if you have an opportunity and it sort of comes your way, like it did with me and Disney for Kim Possible, I I just made the most of it. And then I I had a natural talent and a passion for animation. Like, I absolutely love animation. Um, Yeah, so... uh I'll start at the beginning. I'll just start for you. Where are you from? Like, uh, oh, how does Disney <laughs> well, come about? thirty years of life experience. Like, were you um, grown at Disney, or did they? Uh, did they I was grown you know, organically in a test Disney? tube. Yeah, no, I think Zac Efron was though. That's that's what I think was a Tina Fey or Amy Poehler said that. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a. I was I, like I said, I started musical theater. I'm from Connecticut, okay. so my mom and I would take the train in. And we would uh, go in for musical theater auditions. So I ended up, you know, having a passion for singing and a talent for that. And eventually, uh, by the time, you know, I started at six years old. So by the time I was like 14, I had done some independent film work. Um, I had started doing dramatic stuff outside of just theater. So we got an offer to go to L.A. And then in L.A., I booked my first series, uh, Even Stevens, with Shia LaBeouf. So that became successful, and then in the second season, Kim Possible, I was casted as Kim. I had an Emmy nomination. Uh, I went to college uh, at 18. I went to Barnard College at Columbia University. Wow, that guy is just stealing the show with his costume. Um, So, Eden Stevens... uh, it, it was talented back then. Like, uh, hi, how are you? I'm so sorry. You don't mind just keep going if I have to. Just talk. Okay, hi. How are you guys? Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I'm very last minute into coming. So, I'm Christy. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi, you look great. You look great as well. Hi. I actually met you. You look familiar. Wow. I was so sick on that cruise. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got sick because I didn't have any hand sanitizer, and I think somebody else had a cold, and I got sick for 10... It was a 10-day cruise. I got sick for nine days of it, or eight days of it. Like, bedridden. It was bad. That was what, like, 10 years ago? Oh, it was awful. Yeah. But that was a fun cruise, wasn't it? Yeah. Over Christmas. Sorry, we've hit a. You know what? We've hit a uh, listen, we're tire. we're we're gonna let Christy go because she's extremely popular and justified. <laughs> Thanks for taking a few minutes it's, and talking. You know, we'll see each us. other again. I hope. Yeah. So what's the sitch?